Welcome to The Voice Now Heard. My name is Jana Young, and this podcast is my story of how a knock on a door upended my life and was the beginning to uncovering layers of secrets and lies. As I process the hurt and betrayal, I want to share what can be learned from looking at life through a different lens. I'm speaking up to reclaim my power and encourage others in difficult situations. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Voice Now Heard. This is episode four, and the title for this episode is Brainwashed by a Bastard. Another title I had pondered for this was Mindfucked, because I feel like that summarizes my experience throughout this whole process, but I didn't want to limit my listeners, so I thought I'd go with Brainwashed by a Bastard. I had actually thought of this as a possible podcast title, because it really is another explanation of what I feel like I experienced and went through, but I decided to go with the voice now heard because this is about me and not about the bastard. So I felt like the voice now heard talks about my healing and me finding my voice again. This is going to be a two-part episode. Part one is going to be the history and background of our relationship and then part two is more about brainwashing and relationships and my experience with that. Today I have a guest, my friend Randy is with me and we met a long time ago. We were co-workers at the hospital in the emergency department and became friends through that and have been friends throughout the years. And all my friends have had different questions and insights throughout the process. And Randy and I have talked a lot about this topic. And so I thought it'd be good for her to join me here. I just wanted to give a couple things before I have Randy introduce herself. Just that there may be some pauses throughout these episodes because there's hard questions that are being asked. And sometimes there's pauses in, in me thinking about it before I respond. And also there's a lot of examples in stories and sometimes as you're candidly telling a story it's hard to not use real names and sometimes we pause to make sure we're keeping everyone's privacy. And also even though it's a hard topic there's also probably going to be some humor and sarcasm at times. Oh, without further ado I'd like to introduce you to Randy and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. Thanks for having me, Jana. I'm glad that you added the little pause in, in there because when Jana and I get together, we have a lot of humor between us. That's what instantly connected us at work. So, And I know what we're covering today is hard. It's a lot of hard stuff that, you're, that you are still doing the work. So I like that you, you added that. So when I met Jana, I instantly just fell in love with her personality. She's quiet, she's hilarious, but she's a quiet hilarious. So if you're not paying attention closely, you're gonna miss her jokes, which are, are just absolutely hilarious. If I, had to, if I had to pick some adjectives to describe Jana, I think the two that come to mind is just humility and kindness. And, and she's just always so positive wherever she goes. 
And I just want to take the time to say, you know, I'm very proud of the work that you're doing, that you're doing this podcast. It's completely outside of your comfort zone. But I just love watching your journey unfold already and just how you continue to show integrity through all of this, even though your life is being turned upside down. So I just want to also add that I think your ex-husband, wait, what are we calling him? Up until now, I've referred to him as husband, ex-husband, but I think today's episode probably bastard would be the best one. I think I think so. I like that. So I think the bastard, I think he underestimated your inner strength. And I think that, you know, he was too worried about himself and making you a version of what he needed you to be. And as you continue to do your work, through outside of the podcast, but also with the podcast, I just cannot wait to see you see yourself the way that your friends and family see you. So I'm very happy to see you finally advocate for yourself because in your profession, and I've seen it, you've advocated for your clients and your friends. So I'm I'm really proud of you because I know that's also hard for you. We should do an episode on stepping outside your comfort zone, Gina. (laughs) Yes, yes. Which you could probably say this entire podcast is stepping outside of your comfort zone. So well done. So before we get started, I really am just intrigued on you are a private person, a very private person. How has this experience of sharing your story been for you so far? Overall, it's been a positive experience. I think sometimes I forget that I've had a little over six months to take in the information and it's always on my mind and I'm thinking about it. And so I know it can be a lot for people hearing it the first time. And I don't think I expected that. I think I kind of forgot this is a lot to hear and how, um, how much there is to it. It's been helpful for me to just get things out of my head and not to ruminate about them all the time been a piece that's been scary being vulnerable and just putting my story out there but people have reached out and said it's making a difference which is reinforcing to me that there's a purpose behind what I'm doing and also having the hurt I experienced validated has been really healing for me and I've been really encouraged by everyone's support that's great that's great so I know you said this is a two-parter and our goal was it well it is to tackle the brainwashing topic but before we move into that can you just give a history of your relationship with the bastard and 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 i think i'm really looking for like the good memories even though i know it's hard to even think about the good memories right now but there were good memories and that's why you chose to marry him and i think it's interesting to hear that from you so we can kind of get the foundation before we move into the brainwashing piece right okay So we met online. I had actually been doing online dating for quite a while and was kind of over it and had decided to stop any more dates. And I actually checked my account one last time and there was a message for him from him, which I always thought was, you know, meant to be (laughs) because if I would have closed my account before, I would have never met him. And as I think back to our first date and I think we met at a B-dubs and we were talking and I remember him telling me at that time that he had a best friend that was a female and he'd actually spent the weekend at our house and was on his way back 
and was asking me if I would have a problem with him having a best friend as a female and I think I always thought I'd eventually meet her and I never did and looking back I'm connecting that that is who I've talked a little bit about in different podcasts but I know that can be kind of a a boring name and I have nicknames for everyone else so I'm going to give her a nickname this episode and I thought about calling her three or um Trace, Trace Senors. I can't, say, I can't even say it. I probably shouldn't use it. Or we call her Trey. Senora. We call her Trey. Okay, let's shorten it. We'll call her Trey. I um, love it, and I think that makes sense because we have nicknames, and this is what this podcast is about: protecting everyone's privacy in a creative way. All right. So, when we started dating, I actually talked to my family about him and my sister-in-law was like oh I know him and I work with him and for me that was validating sure. because it wasn't like other people I had met online with where I had no frame of reference of exactly who they were so she was like he's such a great guy she kind of vouched for him so I was okay with moving forward mm-hmm. So that's the very beginning of everything. Now, when you went on a date with him, did he let you know that he knew your sister-in-law? I'm trying to think how it was. I don't remember how it was brought up, but I know we made like the mutual connection because he yeah. was telling me where he worked and mm-hmm. she also worked there. I was just curious because she vouched for him. So I wasn't sure if he, you know, was like, oh, yeah, I know her and she's wonderful or, you know, had any nice... Um, things to say about her in the beginning he was saying what a wonderful person she was and liked her but we'll talk about that later on that was a relationship that there was some distance created Mm -hmm. in I think a manipulative way but I do find it interesting what you said you know because online dating it is hard to find people that that maybe have another connection elsewhere so you have a you have your sister-in-law like you said like vouching for him so I'm sure that felt good And we dated a long time. We dated five years. Um, I feel like we were both, I don't know if you'd say an old, older age. Mm -hmm. And that was intentional, waiting until I was older to get married because I didn't want to settle for something. I was waiting to find what I felt was the person I was supposed to be with. And when we dated, we probably only saw each other about once a week and looking back I see that he started to normalize that and make it acceptable I guess of seeing once a week we talked quite mm-hmm. a bit on the phone but as far as actually spending time together it wasn't all that much throughout the time but on some but on some level that was kind of what you were looking for because you were stable independent and you were looking for someone to complement that and what you're describing it gave you that that life that you were wanting. Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that was one of the qualities of our relationship that I valued was that we each were stable, settled, a little older. I felt like that made it kind of an equal partnership. I felt like we had a lot of common interests. We both really enjoyed sports. Our personalities are quite different, but very compatible. And I know one of the things he always said he appreciated was I didn't try to change him or analyze him, just accepted him for who he was. 
Which are good qualities when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. That so respect, looking- mutual respect. Yes, I thought mm-hmm. there was mutual respect and appreciation. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the main part okay. as far as dating. So I'm, I'm, I know that was hard. And, <laughs> you know, I, if you could see Jada's face, uh, she's trying to go back and have memories of the good times. And it's hard whenever you're going through the hurt and the pain that she's going through right now and, and uncovering what he ended up doing to her it's, it's just uh, if you could just see her face it's just, I know it's hard and so, well, I, so thank you for that well I think what triggered my face was when we were talking about mutual respect yeah. and I was thinking just a couple months ago I found out that Trey Trey was still around and she had been around the whole time we were dating and right. I thought we were in an exclusive relationship right. and that has set me back in my healing quite a bit to find out that she has been around mm-hmm. more than a friend. It wasn't a, f- a, f- a best friend platonic yeah. friendship. Right. So when I look back at dating, I'm remembering mm-hmm. the good things and then connecting with what I know now. Yeah. It's hard. It's difficult. Which is why you're doing this podcast. You're right. I mean, this is, this is your healing part of your healing. So I would like to move into just tell us about the engagement wedding because I know you have some interesting stories and I think it helps set up the tone before we move into the brainwashing piece. Okay. As far as the engagement, he did meet with my dad and ask my dad's blessing. Good job. Mm-hmm. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> A couple months before the wedding, I thought he had cancer and since this has all happened and I've talked to my family and friends one of the first things they said is now that we know this like what about the cancer back when you guys were engaged was that fake Mm -hmm. and I don't have any proof of this but as I look back I see that I wasn't really involved in any doctor's appointments or treatments or anything like that so hang on Jana so when you were dating him, you dated for five years before you got engaged. Yes. So when did he say he had cancer? Just a few months before we got married. Okay. And you never saw any like test results or was he sick? No. Okay. I mean, I did, wasn't seeing him as much, but when I saw him, he didn't appear sick. Okay. And as a result of this diagnosis that he had gotten before your wedding did it delay the wedding it didn't delay it we had planned on a remote wedding okay and we had planned on going to vegas oh vegas is one of his favorite places but then he didn't know if he could fly because of the physical pain and the traveling and so we changed it to chicago Mm -hmm. and We had a remote wedding. We just went up there for the weekend. I thought later on we were going to have a reception with family and friends, but that never happened. Now I know why. The reception never happened? Right. Okay. So you went to Chicago. It was just the two of you went to Chicago and got married? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. And then you were supposed to come back and have a reception. And why do you feel like that never happened? Looking back Uh now, I think it was because... 
None of his friends knew he was married. Okay, interesting. At the time it was, his work was so busy, Mm -hmm. we couldn't find a time. Also during that time, I look back and I sold my house I was living in and moved a couple months before we were married. And then he moved in after we were married. But looking back at that process, I did everything on my own. Mm -hmm. Like I found where we were going to live. I did all of the moving on my own, had hired movers. All of that was kind of independent. He was not involved in that, any of that process. Do you think though, when you were going, I mean, I know hindsight and it's hard to, to look back because of how you're feeling now. But when you look back in that period of time, do you think that you were, you were okay with doing all of that because he had cancer? That's a good point. I had not put that together. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. is probably a big piece of it. I mean, because I know you, I know your heart. I mean, you're an empath and if someone is struggling, you're just going to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. When I look back at that time too, like my family was really upset that we had a remote wedding and they weren't involved. Mm-hmm. It caused some conflict within my family with them not being yeah because you've already noted i think in your in one of your podcasts that you're close to your family i mean Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. so yeah i'm sure they were hurt my mom and i had had a conversation i can't remember where it was we've been dating quite a while but i had asked her what she thought about him and she said she was concerned that i had not met his family yet because we had been dating for so long and i was defensive and loyal and was not really receptive to her concerns at that time. And I did not meet his family until after we were married. We were married in October and the first time I met them was in December. And I was always told that he was estranged from them and not closed and okay. had much contact. That's mm-hmm. why I hadn't met them. Sure, And it happens, right? We all know, especially you, you're a mm-hmm. therapist, I'm a therapist. We see, we see this every day, mm-hmm. okay? And then I meet his family, and they are the most kind, wonderful people. I instantly connected with them. I remember at a Christmas Eve, it was Christmas Eve, we went there, and we were having dinner, and his dad actually said to me, I never thought he'd find someone that would put up with him enough to marry him. (laughs) And this is my first time meeting him, and I don't really know what he meant by that, but they all welcomed me in, were so hospitable. Um, and I was a little confused then about why they were so told so, that they were so, like, right. I was told they were so estranged. Right. And he was like, well, I'm hoping you can help with that. I was seeking out that a therapist to marry to help mend my relationship with my family. That doesn't really need mended. <laughs> really need mended. Right. So, okay, so you you got to meet his family and then what what was that relationship like moving forward with his family did you as a therapist did you come in and save the day and mend that relationship well it like that didn't very magically mended. mended okay 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 i gotcha yeah um well his work schedule was pretty crazy we mm-hmm. didn't see them too often we would meet his dad and stepmom for like dinner every once in a while we did holidays together with our families those first few years. The last few years has not been with our families. So I just have a question. I've known Gianna for seven years, but I really don't know much about her relationship. So I'm uncovering a lot of this stuff right now in this moment. So when you said you did, you did holidays with families, 
individually? Like you went with your family or did he come too? We both went. With to each other's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a normal healthy relationship is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. Back then. Yeah. Yes. I will share at my 40th birthday party, which was probably about, how old am I now? I don't know. It's probably about four years ago, a few years into our marriage. My mom had uh, people over to her house and she had everyone go around and introduce themselves because I had people from different walks of life and people were just introducing themselves and telling them how they were connected and how they knew me. And so we get to his stepmom who, I'll call her Sally, Sally the stepmom. <laughs> and yeah, because she was sweet and we don't, she doesn't need a, right. a name. And she says, uh, Jan is my daughter-in-law and funny story. I didn't know Jana until Scott was married and I didn't even know they were married. Scott oh. called us about a week before and was like, Hey, I'm married and I'm bringing my wife. And his aunt was also there and chimed in and said, oh, I remember that. We were running around trying to find gifts for Jana. And obviously for me, that was a very awkward moment. Yeah, and I just was like, wow, I've never heard that story before. And But do you think that it was because they were estranged and then he just let them know? Could be. But after I, the party, he was asking me how it went. And I was like, crazy story. People were saying how they knew me, and Sally told this story, and he lost his shit and got mm. angry and was like, this day's supposed to be about you, and I'm driving up to their house, and I'm going to talk to them, and wow. lost it at a very... Yeah. Was that the first time you seen that from him? Just kind of getting passionate? Because you've, you've always described him as being kind of meek and, you know, and... Yeah, I would say at that point it was pretty rare. Okay, yeah. And then later on he called back and said that he had talked to his dad and that Sally was having some memory problems and they just hadn't had a chance to tell us. And she wasn't doing well and so her memory must not have been good. Wow. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, when I think back I was like his aunt was there and she wasn't having memory problems (laughs) and I don't know if I ever asked that of him or I know as time went on and we would see her I'm like wow her memory seems okay like she doesn't seem to be declining when we meet with them because you have a big heart and you were worried about Sally and her memory declining I think Sally's really sick now and I'm worried about her yeah but looking at it now do you think Sally really had memory problems? No. Okay. Okay. No. Interesting. So I want to hear about, I know you probably have more um, examples, but I want to hear about when did his treatment end and when did he start feeling better? Hmm. Cause you moved in, right? You moved in, you, you coordinated all that, that he moved in and then his cancer just, <laughs> We're not making, we are not making fun of cancer, okay? What we're making fun of is fake cancer. So that's a good question. I don't know. I know like all of a sudden it seemed to be better and his treatments were over. Like he did oral chemotherapy. I he told me where he was having his treatments mm-hmm. and then he went into remission and then he would just need a scan every year or so. Okay. And every once in a while I would ask about it and he'd be like I'm good. Yeah, I did it. It's fine. Okay. Everything was 
fine after that. But, but were you, you know, and I know now we suspect, right? Like it, it's, it was made up. But during that time, I mean, this is your new husband. You're worried. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're worried that he had, he had cancer or had, you know, and, and, and so was that always on your mind? Like, I hope he's okay. I hope he's healthy. Or, or were you able to just reframe that and move on and say, you know what? He, he's fine. Probably the latter, like reframing okay. it. Okay. And moving on. Were you ever curious to like just look and and, and look at his scans and just see what, or go with him to an appointment? I think I just believed kind of at face value and didn't. I was just curious. Ask. Okay. And maybe we'll bring this up later that this isn't the only fake cancer. Do we want to talk about that later? I think we need to talk about it now. Okay. Why we suspect. Right, like this is why we suspect. Right. Okay, so when I met Trey, woman number three, she told me that she had thought he had cancer for the last seven years or so and that he had lost his housing because of the medical debt. Her family had a storage unit that they had collected items for him because they felt so bad for him. What? And after even like December to March, she thought he was in the hospital. And looking back, I think the time frame was he created that for her around the time we got married because mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be able to spend as much time with her. I think they're really fucked up thing about this is that his mom died of cancer and and cancer is hard that's like a hard i mean if anyone has ever been through seen a family member have cancer it's not something that you want to say that you have right if you don't have it when you think about putting two people you supposedly care about and love through that right it just the constant worry so trey's worried i mean for seven years you're worried as his wife. Right. I know. I, it's very, um, that's <sighs> hard. That's yeah. it, it really, when you look at it uh, from that perspective. And some of it goes to even another level that I don't even understand. Both the hoe and woman number three, Trey, told me that he used different medical issues throughout the time and one was that he had cardiac issues and that he was in the cardiac ICU probably within the last six months so I don't know if he was running out of material needed to use my dad's scenario or what was going on because it's almost like exactly what your dad was going through yes yeah so let me ask you this Janet you're a therapist so why why do you think someone would would make up that they have fake cancer or fake medical problems I think a big part of it is first sympathy. I have thought as far as the fake cancer with me, if maybe he really didn't want to get married and he told me mm-hmm. I have cancer and she probably won't want to be with someone who's going to have cancer and ah. take care of them. But for me, it was, I love you whether yeah. you have cancer right. or not. Exactly. But part of me wonders if instead of, having doubts that maybe you didn't want to get married instead of saying that making up this big story and thinking I'd have a different response than I did. That's interesting. You know, you just kind of look at it. I mean, I know we, we kind of joke about it now because you know, you have to 
laugh sometimes to keep from crying because it's so i mean this is this is big right this is the fact that he's he did this it it's sad you know part of me does feel sorry for him mm-hmm. see i'm a therapist too i do feel sorry for him like as, as, you know just someone that feels like they have to they have to lie to manipulate to lie to get sympathy i mean my goodness and finding three women to to believe it right and to still care for him and love him right yeah interesting any more any more examples of your of your of your marriage you like to share well we were married for over seven years Mm -hmm. and if you would have asked me like before december 18th and this all happened i would have said in a lot of ways i thought it was a decent marriage okay he never said he was unhappy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have said I was unhappy earlier on. I thought there was a mutual respect and appreciation. Mm-hmm. I thought we genuinely like enjoyed each other's company and were really good friends. And that was kind of a foundation that was important was there. Yeah. So when did you, was there a time that it, it shifted that you started, I mean, this, this seems a little off or yeah, I would say probably the last few years there was more okay. like mood instability, really reactive about things, emotional, crying. And when I look back at the timeline now, I think that matches around the time he was adding oh, a third woman. He added the hoe. Added the hoe, and the third woman must have put him over the edge a little bit. Can you imagine managing three? No, and I thought people. about that. Like, if you Ooh. wake up with someone, do you roll yeah. over and you're like, oh, I'm with the hoe. Jana today. Oh, let me text yeah. the hoe and woman number three. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, I'm with the hoe today. Let me text. It's a lot. Jana, it's a lot to keep track of. He's yeah. probably really smart. Yeah. I, and I organized. have no idea. And organized. Which, yes. I and mean, that's a long time to carry on an affair or affairs. Yes. Yeah. And I would say the last couple years when I look back I see I thought he didn't have a day off and right I didn't wasn't ever seeing him there was this progression of more time that he wasn't home and especially in 2021 I know I shared in my last episode like work was so hard mm-hmm. it was a mess I he was away all the time he needed to find another job the stories got really elaborate so instead of like thinking even though you felt the shift in 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 the marriage instead of thinking okay he might be living a double life instead you're like i don't like his job i hope he finds another job because i'm mistreating him Mm -hmm. he's a good man hard worker yeah again using using sympathy right using creating lies to to draw sympathy on from you right because in all those situations what when he made up like the work stress yeah. what did he get like, right someone who was supportive and listening and encouraging mm-hmm. and calm so it must have be been meeting some need for him in some way is all that i've come to yeah. i don't know the what do you think creating. you were getting at that time from him because i knew like and he was obviously getting his needs met the last couple of years yeah because what you just said there you had someone he had someone supportive listening that what he was getting as an email. Were, were you, or is, or is that when you became started becoming a little bit more suspicious? Yeah, I think I wasn't getting anything. Yeah, I was 
alone and lonely. Yeah. Waiting for everything to calm down so you could live the life that you you guys dreamed of living together, right? Right. Yeah. I gotcha. And all this time, I mean, I was so worried about him with work stress sure. and demands of the job and loved him. I thought he was loyal. I never thought it, my mind didn't go to an affair. And I, my, I didn't really think at that time my needs weren't being met to the extent that they were. Well, I remember thinking back to the summer, mm-hmm. like I intentionally got involved with a group and started doing more biking mm-hmm. and trying to make sure I was cultivating some hobbies and things for myself rather than um, probably withdrawing and isolating more. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to your independence. So important for you. I mean, you know how to get your, your, you know how to get your needs met. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, he's busy with work. They're taking advantage of him. So let me alleviate some stress and I'll just take care of myself and not put any pressure on him. Mm -hmm. Such a good wife. I didn't want to add anything to that. And he always said coming home was a place of no peace and no stress for him. And I think I did a lot to try to keep the peace and make it a place where he felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. Since this has happened a couple months ago, I listened to this podcast with Jen Hatmaker. And I had never heard about her before. I know we were talking. Mm -hmm. You said you're pretty familiar with some of her things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she talked about in there was something she saw for herself was being okay with partial interesting and that really resonated with me that I was okay with only having pieces of him and I told myself that was enough rather than being all in all together both like it was in the beginning more so like I felt an equal partnership to things it shifted at some point where it was kind of about his needs and meeting them yeah that's that's great insight for sure. Any other questions that have come up since you're learning some of this for the first time? I think it's interesting that I've known you for seven years and I never met him. Like I seriously, like as you're talking and all of it, like some of the stuff I really am hearing for the first time and I'm like, (laughs) what in the world? Um, You know, you never, ever, ever complained about your marriage or about him he was always wonderful supportive and i believe that because why why would i not believe that but i do and i i remember asking myself a few times and even my husband like wonder why we don't ever meet him i always found that interesting was that common yeah i think my one friend probably has met him the most probably five or six times and when i think of other friends he always kept that separate like this is your independence and your friends. You go with your friends because it's enjoyable. I have to work. There was never really interest in, I want to meet your friends. Yeah. Why do you think that was? I mean, I, I find that interesting. That's a good question. I don't know if he thought someone may pick up on yeah. something or have a concern. That's true. And he always made it sound like like he's, I mean, he's introverted. Mm-hmm not really into like group things and going out because you're fun and you like to go do things i mean i'm serious like we've had a lot of fun together like going and doing things but when you do when we used to go do things before i had a child um it was you and me and my husband Mm -hmm. you know and which was fine and we had fun but i just remember thinking it'd be nice if 
the bastard could join us every yeah. now and then for you you know we you're didn't saying, call him the bastard back then no we didn't but, yeah. but well i think back to that's his new name yeah. so we have to keep it consistent <laughs> jana yes <laughs> well, what i think back there's been two times in my life that i've been to the emergency department mm-hmm. and one of them was he was not around and you and your husband were there mm-hmm. till three in the morning that's right that's right and he was not home and didn't come home i don't think for couple days after that it was so bizarre thing that was a while ago too i do remember i do remember thinking like why would her husband not be calling us right like i don't know and asking questions and how is she doing i do remember thinking that but not enough to say afterwards jane are you okay is this relationship okay because you never let on like it wasn't so you know it, it but now hindsight looking back it's kind of concerning. Yeah. I think I was just all in with his work. I knew he had worked so hard in his career to get to where he wanted to go. Sure. And he needed right. to put in the time, like in the earlier years, put in the time. Easy to rationalize. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I was making these sacrifices for myself sure. to help him. That makes a lot of where sense. he needed to be. Again, it's easy to reframe out. Right. Because you were very independent. You had your own life. And you could understand where he was going in his career. So I just want to like throw that I, I don't I don't ever remember obsessing about it though do you know what I mean I was like mm-hmm. okay it's fine it's all, we're all good I do remember though my my fondest memory of that ER visit was Gina on drugs oh <laughs> and the, she was really quite hilarious I have to edit this was the emergency room that we worked at so yes. we knew the providers and yes that was awkward that was that was very awkward but they were willing to give me maybe we're gonna need to edit this I was in a lot of pain, and I had never experienced anything. I had never taken anything for pain. It was... You have a sensitive system. I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> you were the sober one. I don't know. They, they were trying to get me feeling better. And you felt better. At home. Mm-hmm. That was the goal, and we got you home, and you felt better. Yes. Yeah. Good memories. Yeah. Hopefully, we won't have to edit that part out. No. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> All right, so lessons learned. Are we ready for the lessons yeah. learned? Okay. For me, the main lesson is that there were red flags early on. I have actually started a list for future relationships, which I feel so damaged and broken. I don't even know sure. if I will ever be in a relationship again because I am mm-hmm. feel like my head is so messed up and my heart from this. But as part of my healing process, I went through divorce care classes and part of that was creating a vision for a future and thinking about future relationships for me what I would want is to be what we just talked about engaged with family and friends I would want him to be meeting my friends and want to do that I would want to meet his friends uh same with work right just meeting co-workers and knowing <laughs> exactly. more about that exactly yeah I just took that kind of as face value mm-hmm. I think those were the big ones that things were so separate with family and friends that maybe if earlier on those relationships could have been brought in, I could have learned something earlier on. And maybe another lesson learned can I throw out there for you, you know, if you're dating someone and they say they have a medical issue, get involved. (laughs) Yes. So that way you could truly support, right? Like if it's a real one, you right. can support value in going to appointments yes. together and learning yes information 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, because that was used quite a bit, and I never questioned. It was kind of one of those, th- another thing we just kind of kept separate. Well, he used it, it was used quite a bit over your years of being together, but now, since everything has uncovered, it, it, it really adds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm thinking of more stories now that are coming to mind, but... We'll just kind of hold on those. Um, all right. So quotes. There's two quotes for this. One is the one of the most frighteningly unsettling feelings in the world is when you first realize that you have deep emotional attachment to people who are deliberately trying to harm you. Mm-hmm. The other one is the way someone fits you into their schedule says a lot about how they feel about you. And that was probably another part of lesson learned that Mm-hmm. I would never date someone and just see them once a week again. Exactly. I would want to be spending way more time together and doing more together. Obviously, the balance, again, of each having your own individual interests, but also spending more time together would probably be more healthy. Right. Which is what this is all about, is you went through this and you, you want to make sure that you understand how you got there, what you could have done differently, and, and what you can do moving forward right, in a healthy way. And if anyone's in a dating relationship mm-hmm. or sees some of these things that they're experiencing currently, to take from this and maybe just look at things in a different way as well. Yeah. Question. Don't be afraid to question. Right. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yes. All right. I think that is the end of part one. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and stay tuned for part two. Hello, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. All those things you do when you love a podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Jana Voice Now, and Twitter at Jana Voice Now. Also on Facebook, The Voice Now.